It's 11.59 in Cozy Corner. The current temperature is hot and wet, like your mom. <sighs> are you a fan of Annie Potts? Are you a pansexual? You are not alone. The group Pots and Pans will be meeting this Thursday evening in the Eudora Dooley Conference Room of the Cozy Corner Library. There will be a screening of the 1989 film Who's Harry Crumb starring John Candy and the lovely Miss Potts along with memorabilia from Ghostbusters, Pretty in Pink, Designing Women, Toy Story, and Young Sheldon. So you know, if that's your thing, you should come down or whatever. Pots and Pans, this Thursday in the Eudora Dooley Conference Room of the Cozy Corner Library. Now it's time for the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. I don't know why any of you are listening to this show because it's terrible, but you know, whatever floats your boat or flips your lid, on with the show. Yay. It's midnight. Time for the world's most moderately rated public radio show, The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Buckle up. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, The Late Night Fright. Commencing transmission in five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know why anyone listens to this show either. I don't know why I continue to do this show. It's a mystery. Like those poops that have no wipe. They're spooky. And they're dookie. They're spooky dookies. We've got a spooky dookie in tonight's film, but before we get to that, welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is the Scourge of Carpathia, my co-host and favoritest person in the world, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. I want all of our listeners to know that I also answer to the sorrow of Moldavia. You're terrifying. I know. We are in the spooky season, the season of spooks, and we want to wish all of you out there a very happy Halloween. Be you a spook, specter, astral traveler from Dimension X, an alien envoy from the farthest reaches of the galaxy, or if you're just Bob from Pittsburgh. Welcome one and all. We are so glad to have you here with us in Cozy Corner. Cozy Corner, the happiest city to ever be situated atop a ley line. You got it. I like spooky season, don't you, Faith? It's fun. Yes, it is. And in that spirit, we have a fun movie tonight. I'm excited for this one. I know Faith is excited for it. I hope all of you out there around the world are excited for it. Faith, go ahead and tell them what we have dug up from the cinematic graveyard for Exhumation tonight. From director Ivan Reitman, we have 1989's Ghostbusters 2, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, Ernie Hudson, and Annie Potts. That's right. The Ghostbusters are back five years after their battle with Gozer the Gozerian, 
This time they find themselves doing supernatural battle with the spirit of Vigo the Carpathian, whose spirit resides in a painting housed at the Manhattan Museum of Art. The script is once again by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. The score is by Randy Edelman, and the cast is rounded out by Peter McNichol as Dr. Janos Poha, William von Humburg as the physical embodiment of Vigo, and an uncredited Max von Sydow as the voice of Vigo. Critics were not kind to Ghostbusters 2 upon its initial release, but contemporary reviews have been much more kind to the film. What do we think of it? Stay tuned. We are going to take a short pause for a coffee cause. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We will see you on the other side. For WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio and the Late Night Fright is made possible through a generous grant from the Welsh Jennings Corporation. Welsh Jennings, building a better tomorrow today. Welsh Jennings is proud to announce the release of our newest product, New Nut. New Nut is the world's latest and greatest cosmetic testicle. If your old nut has let you down, try New Nut, available exclusively from Welsh Jennings. The Late Night Fright will return after these messages. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, The Flash, Zoom, Zoom. I'm Scott Rice, inviting you to join me for Bags and Boards, a discussion of nerd culture right here on WKNF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Comic books, movies, television, ooh. Bags and Boards, that's bags with a Z and boards with a Z. Bags and Boards. Join me for the latest news in comics, movies, and television. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Marvel Comics, Ghostbusters, who you gonna call? Bags and Boards, every Wednesday from 8 to 10, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. The Flash, zoom, zoom. Did you hear about the skeleton that was scared of the thunderstorm? He didn't have any guts. Now back to the show that's worse than razor blades and candy. The late night fright with Dan and Faith. Yay. in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full transmediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis. 
If there's a steady paycheck in it, we'll believe anything you say. It's been five years since the Ghostbusters defeated Gozer the Gozerian on the roof of Dana Barrett's apartment building. Peter Vinkman, Ray Stans, Egon Spengler, and Winston Zedmore were heroes until they got sued by every state, county, and city agency in New York. A judicial restraining order prohibits them from operating as paranormal investigators. That's the blue thing that Lewis Tully has. Yeah, but what a ride. It was quite a ride getting Ghostbusters 2 to the big screen. The original 1984 film was never envisioned as a franchise, but its massive critical, cultural, and commercial success made a sequel inevitable. Inevitable to everyone but the then head of Columbia Pictures, David Putnam. Putnam favored smaller films over big budget, special effects driven films, films like Ghostbusters. There was also a reluctance on the part of the cast and crew to even try and follow up the massive success of the first film. And the late Harold Ramis said, quote, there was a little air to clear, end quote, before the principals of director Ivan Reitman and actors Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ramis could work together again. A lunchtime meeting proved to be a whole lot of fun, and the air was cleared. Ghostbusters 2 was a go. Aykroyd originally envisioned the Ghostbusters traveling to Scotland to rescue Dana Barrett from an underground civilization. He wanted to juxtapose the film's original rooftop ending with something subterranean for the sequel. Ramis, collaborating on the script once again with Aykroyd, wanted to note the passage of time and wanted the Ghostbusters to not be viewed as heroes because of what happened in the first film. The pair also came up with the idea of negative human emotions taking form in a river of slime that flows underneath New York City. Aykroyd said one of the issues they wanted to deal with in regards to negative emotions was showing that it had to go somewhere, potentially into the person the negativity was directed at. There was some negativity directed at Ghostbusters 2 upon its release. In a way, the franchise had been hurt by its own success. In 1986, an animated series, The Real Ghostbusters, a kid-friendly show, was launched and was a massive hit. The film sequel had to tread a line between the adult-oriented humor of the first film and the tone of the animated series. Bill Murray wasn't happy with the final results, and although the film was a decent-sized box office hit, a third movie was not made. Critics and fans said the movie was essentially a remake of the first film without offering anything new. It also didn't help that Ghostbusters 2 was released in the summer of 1989, the year of sequels. Movies that included Back to the Future Part 2, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and Lethal Weapon 2. In addition, Ghostbusters 2 was largely forgotten when Tim Burton's Batman opened the week after its release. Contemporary critics have been kinder to the film, and director Ivan Reitman has defended it on its own merits. The themes of Ghostbusters 2 play better today than they did in the summer of 1989, the days when social media wasn't a thing. More on that later. We will be scoring the film in one category, overall film, and in lieu of stars, we will be awarding it Proton Packs. Now, on with the show. You know, my dad says you guys are full of crap. We're very well aware of that.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Sometimes strange things happen. And who are you going to call? Probably Ghostbusters, huh? I would, I would say Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you heard the introduction. We were talking about the sequel, the 1989 sequel to the 1984 classic. Before we get to the sequel, let's just do a quick run through of the 84 film. This is a film that we covered very, very early on in the run of this show. It's a two-part episode. Why it is two parts, I have no idea. <laughs> How much did we have to say about the movie? But it's in the back catalog. Check it out. Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films of all time. I like Ghostbusters because what I think the 2016 remake got so horribly wrong among so, so many, many things, things <laughs> is that they think Ghostbusters is a comedy and mm-hmm. Ghostbusters is actually a horror movie with comedy trappings. Right. And um, I think it's close to as perfect a movie as I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and, I, I agree. and from the story to the characters, to the situations, everything in the movie, the special effects are wonderful. It's just a really classic piece of cinema mm-hmm. that harkens back to the 1940s, to the Bob Hope uh, Ghost Breaker film, to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and all of these wonderful things. So it's in a really rich comedy tradition of comedy and horror. And we've said on this show before, Comedy and horror just go together like nobody's business. Yes. When it's good, it's amazing. And when it's not good, it, <laughs> it can it can be like it can be entertaining underbaked, but still, you know, under, not the best. Underbaked cake, you know, yeah. or like those creations on nailed it that you might see on Netflix, <laughs> you know. So so they go together really well. They're a great complement to each other, but sometimes you know, the pieces don't don't fit together. So right. now we have a sequel to one of the greatest, maybe the greatest horror comedy film of all time, Ghostbusters 2, 1989. I was 10 years old in the summer of 1989 when this came out. You heard that list of movies that was released that year. How amazing is that list of movies? That's a pretty great list. I've said it before. I feel so fortunate to have been born when I was, when these things were still event movies, mm-hmm. when... You know, they had to go to the big special effects houses to make these effects that, you know, Joe and Tom couldn't go into their garage and do this on their computer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. But, you know, they become so commonplace now, these effects. You know, there's an effects movie every week. Mm -hmm. You could make one on your computer right now. They were still things in. They were events. And this summer was really wonderful. That, That whole year of 89 had some great movies. I think this is one of the great movies that came out in 89 and I was 10 years old. I was not aware that there was criticisms directed towards the movie because I thought this was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen in my life. So Faith, this was uh, not a first time watch for you. You'd seen it, but it was a, it was kind of a review for you. Yeah. Once I started watching it again, I was like, okay, I did see this. Right. It had been a little while, but I did see so, most of it. So let's talk about the movie on its own terms. Let's not. I don't want to compare it to no. the '84 film because I think this is a different, mm-hmm. a different bird. Even though the beats are are kind of the same. What do you think of Ghostbusters too? I'm a fan. I really like the vibe. I like the tone of it. I feel like they did a good job coming up with a really good story. To again, I'm not comparing it to the first, but it's hard to sometimes follow up with something so great. Very, very hard. So to stand alone is something that it's, it's a very solid movie, I think. And sequels at this time were still kind of a newish thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This wasn't the, the, the usual, you know, um, star Wars is something that helped 
uh, helped that trend along quite a bit. But a sequel wasn't a sure thing back in back in the day. And yeah. so this wasn't a sure thing. I'm with you. You know what I like about it? I like the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. I like the horror and the comedy. I think the first movie is scarier than this movie. I don't think this movie yep. is as terrifying as that first movie. Because in that first movie... We have body possession. You know, we have those terror dogs. We have, uh, what else? We just, just that whole general vibe of that movie. Yeah, you know, we had that creepy, creepy building. Yeah. yeah. This, um, and again, they are trying to strike the balance between the animated series and that first movie. I think they do a great job with that. Do you know what I like? What? I like spending time with these characters. I do too. That's what I like. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see... Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson and Harold Ramis and Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis and Annie Potts. I want to see all of them on screen together. Me too. I feel like they could be solving any problem and I would be enjoying just watching what they're doing, you know? Yeah. There could be anything going on with them. This is is another victory lap for the movement that started in uh, really kind of the late 60s, early 70s with Second City in Chicago. There was a gentleman, there was a gentleman who was supposed to be in the 1984 movie. His name was John Belushi. We've talked about John Belushi on this show before. I'm a huge fan of John Belushi. John Belushi did four years on Saturday Night Live and made seven feature films. I highly recommend you go and watch everything that he did because he is a game changer. He's not only a game changer in how he shaped the comedy landscape of the late 70s and early 80s, but the people that he brought in, he was the linchpin for these people that you know and love today. Right. So Second City, up until Belushi got there, was kind of a high-concept thing. It was kind of a highbrow thing in a way. They were very kind of philosophical. Here comes Belushi, man of the street, you know, coming in, doing his Belushi thing, okay? And from Second City, he goes over to the National Lampoon Radio Hour, and this is where he meets Harold Ramis, okay? So you have this going on, and Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters movie and comedy at that time, but especially that first movie, was really a victory lap for that that thing, that movement that mm-hmm. had started. Okay. And, um, I was going somewhere with that and I, I don't, I don't remember, but, uh, but all of these names come from like second city and from the lampoon. So Ramus and, uh, Aykroyd and, yeah. uh, and, and all of these Bill Murray was part of the, was part of the lampoon too. So, um, so you have that thing going on. Um, but it's just, I, again, I had a point. I cannot remember what it was. <laughs> it'll probably uh, come get, to you later. It'll probably come to me later. <laughs> Um, but, uh, again, real, a real victory lap. And, uh, but they were so smart. This is so smart. This is such a smart movie. This is, this is not uh, a ridiculous type thing. This is not a comedy where improvisation is happening all the time and they're trying to find it on the screen. There are some really big ideas in this movie. You heard some of them in the introduction. So let's get to some of these, uh, some of these things that they're talking about here and we'll talk about the cast as we as we go along too what i really liked about this movie is the idea that that under is lying under the entire thing of human emotion Mm -hmm. and the way human emotion affects environments now you're the resident ghost show expert okay (laughs) okay i know you love the ghost shows i do how much of things like residual hauntings are due to leftover emotions. Emotion. It's a lot. 
I mean, you know, if you have so much of a feeling, even if somebody wasn't murdered or something, or just just emotion in general, and it's a constant emotion, and it's left its imprint in that spot, I mean, why wouldn't it be, you know, right? constantly focused there? There was a great line in True Detective when Woody Harrelson's character said, if you hold on to anger, he believes that that's the stuff that gives you cancer. And I believe that if you hold on to emotions, that they can make you sick. I I know that I know that I have been angry before and that it has affected me. Uh, Usually it affects me in my stomach area Mm -hmm. is where and then there's a literal release and purge of that, you know. So emotions are things that have intelligence almost you know there's oh, a yeah. there's an energetic quality to emotion. i mean that's scientifically Absolutely. proven that there is an energetic quality mm-hmm. to emotions that there is a uh, an energy field around the human body mm-hmm. you know the aura as as they call it but um uh you know i know uh they've measured energy on dogs before if you if you're loving on a dog like this energy this energy is created, you know, so it's all creatures. It's all things. Energy is everywhere. Everything is energy. You cannot create or destroy energy. There's, there's the constant, you know, flow of energy around us. And I think this is such a brilliant hook for this movie that you take a city like New York city and there's all of these bad vibes, all of this negativity that's going on in New York city. And it is manifesting itself underneath literally underneath (laughs) yeah and it's flowing like a river and it's given power to this ancient evil entity you know Mm -hmm. that is feeding on the negative vibes and we've talked about on this show before we believe and here you go you can call it a conspiracy i don't think it's a conspiracy there there's a ruling class of elite people who run the show your media is controlled by six corporations and those six corporations are really bought and paid for by one or two people okay Mm -hmm. and they uh they want to divide all of us along all of these lines to create this division because they feed on this stuff they They want to scare people fear they want to make people scared and fearful fearful and i mean i feel like this movie feels so relevant to like today you know <laughs> like you're watching they, it yeah they and wanna... it, it just feels like yeah that's constantly what you're seeing that's why we always say turn off your news because they're always it's, it's constant negativity constant negativity and it's like that does something to people you know it really does it it, it, it people it who live make in fear you sick it's like roy batty said in blade runner which we covered uh last month on sci frightmare month uh you know it's a terrible thing to live in fear it's an awful thing to live in fear, but they want to make you scared. They want to make you scared of that person that believes in a different religion from you. They want to make you scared of that person that moved in next door who's a different color from you. Mm-hmm. They want to make you scared of getting sick. They want to make you scared of people who think differently from you. And they are rigging this game now to where it used to be we we could kind of have some kind of dialogue, at least with people who thought differently from us, you know, and we would look downfield and we would want to go to the same place well now they don't want to go there they want to go somewhere really really out there and weird and and they want to shut down all debate on that and they want people to live in fear and misery and that makes you sick it It just makes you sick and you see it in this movie and i think that's a reason why this movie plays so well today Mm -hmm. in a post 9-11 world 
Yeah, you know, it's true. I mean, one of the, my favorite lines in the movie is you want the mayor, David Margulies, returning from the first movie says, you want me to go out and tell, you know, was it 3 million you know, New Yorkers to, to be nice to each other? It's everyone's God given right to be miserable and, and, and be terrible to everybody. What an awful, awful feeling. I know. You know, what an awful thought that this is the way it is. Yeah. You know? I love the positivity in this movie though because there's a real positive thing and uh one of the things in this movie and one of the things i wanted to say about the the lampoon you know coming back around there was a real anti-authoritarian streak in the lampoon that was around the time of richard nixon and white house vietnam all of that crap um you know we're talking about the elites they manufacture wars they, they manufacture wars. Yep. That's what they do. Yes. I really don't think people are how they portray us to be, this thing they call human nature. I actually think everybody pretty much wants to get along for the most part. You know, yeah, most a, people probably want to get along and just be left alone for the, you know, left alone for the most, <laughs> for part, the most part and share desserts with each other, you know, <laughs> exactly. and that kind of thing. But um, so there's a real anti-authoritarian streak to to the lampoon. And if you look at Ghostbusters, this is the point I was trying to make. So I'm sorry I took the long way around. It's all right. In the first movie, they don't like bureaucracy. They don't right. like bureaucracy <laughs> in this movie either. They don't <laughs> like, you know, uh, government impediments, you know, and those people are the villains. The The government bureaucrats are the villains in both movies. Exactly. And that's a real spirit coming from the lampoon and from that time. And what I wanted to say about Belushi is that is an idea that he helped introduce into Second City. So he was supposed to be in the first movie. Obviously, he would have been in this movie. He would have been in a whole lot of more movies, too. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, have. wonderful career he was about to have. Mm-hmm. But his spirit is very in this movie. You know, he embodied that spirit. And that was the point I wanted to make about about that. But it's, yeah. it's here, too, you know, with... You know, it's not the government that does things. You know, when they they defeat the villain at the end of this movie, it's not through proton packs and it's not through government intervention. It's through people coming together and singing Old Lang Syne on New Year's Eve. And it's beautiful, isn't it? It, it is. weakens the evil. Yep. And then you're able to, to deal with evil. I think there's some really wonderful things happening in this movie. And we are living in the world of social media. And this is something, you know, that uh, they they weren't dealing with 30 some odd years ago. But nowadays you can just direct that hate at someone so quickly. You can. Yeah. How awful is that? It's It's terrible. It's disgusting in a way. It It really really is. is. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have met friends through social media. You know, you can share art and passion and joy through social media. You can keep up with friends who you might not live in the same town with. Yeah. But it's also such a dark and horrible place sometimes you know and well the thing for me is it's a place that has no consequences because you can say something and put something out there and just say it and there's no consequences because there's no accountability so i can say something truly terrible about you on social media that is not true at all and once it's out there it's out there the idea Mm -hmm. is planted you know and now you we're living in the age where these tech companies are censoring you know uh people my my thing is like turn off the news get off of all that stuff Mm -hmm. too you know because odds are you're probably neglecting the people in your life that are right in your circle exactly yeah so really great ideas in this movie kind of i think so prophetic in a way you know so uh but Ackroyd and ramus are smart guys 
They're incredibly oh, smart guys. Incredibly smart guys. Speaking of Aykroyd and Ramos, let's talk about the cast. We got a cast here. We got Bill Murray returning as Peter Vinkman. <laughs> Peter Vinkman in the ensuing years has been hosting World of the Psychic. That is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. We have the great uh, Kevin Dunn and we have Chloe Webb and they're talking about the end of the world and irony of ironies. Kevin Dunn's character is actually correct <laughs> about when the world's going to end. And uh, Chloe Webb talks about an alien having a room at the Holiday Inn in Paramus. Although... <laughs> It could have been a room on the spaceship made up to look yeah. like the Holiday Inn. Exactly. In Paramus. What do you think of uh, Bill Murray as Peter Vickman? Because he is, uh, you know, what they did what was so great in the first movie. They took one person and they split it into three. And mm-hmm. Peter Vinkman is the mouth. Right. Ray, Ray Stans is the heart. Egon's the brain. Mm-hmm. Winston is the everyman. Peter's the mouth. And uh, what a mouth he is. What do you think of Bill Murray in in these films i think this might be his defining i love him role and and he has a problem with this movie and i, I, I wish he didn't yeah you, you said in the intro he wasn't a fan and then you said you know off of the recording to me that you think bill murray probably <laughs> hates everything he seems a little unhappy he seems like he probably is a little unhappy with most of things but uh, from what I've heard, he's very happy with the new movie, Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife, that's coming out. And he is back. They're all participating, except for Rick Moranis, but we're not sure about Rick Moranis, his involvement. He's been retired for a long time. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I like Bill Murray here. I like his presence. I like his attitude. I like, I like the mouth. You know, like that's... I like him with Sigourney Weaver. I do too. <laughs> There's something about the two of them together in these films, but really in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, and I kept we, we watched this movie together and I kept leaning over to you while it was on when Sigourney would be on screen. I go, she looks so pretty here. Mm-hmm. Like she's very pretty. I think she she's is. pretty all the time, but she's very pretty in this mm-hmm. movie. And I love her character in this movie. What I love about it, too, is the way that they get involved in the story. In the first movie, it's a story about men going into business and they're really worried about, you know, staying in business. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this one, it's not so much them going in the business, although they are getting back into business, which is something that they have to they have to you know, hurdle, they have to overcome. But they're doing it because of a friendship. They're doing it out of kindness towards this person that this woman that they know, right. which I think is really wonderful and really fits in with the theme of, you know, you know, negative emotions. And here they are, they're doing this thing because it's the right thing to do, you know, yeah. and, and because it's in their field and they're able to help her. And I think it's just really wonderful. But Sigourney Weaver is great in this movie. Yeah, she brings something out of Bill Murray. They, <laughs> they are one of my favorite screen couples. They're both going to be back for afterlife. I'm, I'm very I'm excited so about <laughs> seeing the two of them together. I think they're wonderful. Now we come to the guy who really helped create this universe and that's Dan Aykroyd. He is one of my favorites. He's been one of my favorites for a very long time. If I ever write anything, Dan Aykroyd is there in spirit because he inspired me to pick up a pen and to write because I saw that he wrote the Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters and things like that. What do you think about Dan? I know you're a fan. I think Ray Stans, as much as I love Elwood Blues, I think Ray Stans is Dan Aykroyd. There is such a heart and a childlike quality to Ray. Yeah. In this movie. Like him owning the bookstore, I feel like that's really him in real life. I feel like that's yeah. really Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I don't yeah. even feel like that's that's just him. And and Ray's Occult Books is going to make an appearance in Afterlife. That that was the little tag in uh one yeah. of the one of the trailers. He's wonderful. 
what a wonderful childlike quality he brings to this. Yes. And he's like the linchpin because he can hang with Vinkman as a mouth. He can do the science stuff with Egon, but he can work on engines with Winston. Exactly. You know? The one that impressed me the most rewatching the movie was Harold Ramis. I man, what a loss Harold Ramis was. I what know. and what a great performance he he gives in this movie. I think he's one of the little deadpan stuff, like we had a slinky, but I straightened it, you know, and yes. and all of that stuff. I think he's really wonderful in this movie. I think he is too. I think I've I think I not that I don't like him in the first one. I feel like he stands out a little more he in does. this one. He's got yeah. his own little thing going on in this movie. He really you know? does, yeah. He really does. <laughs> you just have, you, you, he really you can't does. Help but to and love him. and Ernie Hudson as the Everyman is just great. He's I mean, always great. <laughs> he, he's he's one of my favorite character actors, and I I just love him in these movies. I love Winston because Winston is just us, you know. He's yeah. he's the guy that's there, and and uh, I like how much they like having him there, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I love his relationship with with uh with the ghostbusters annie potts of course uh, you know as janine is is precious precious uh rick moranis is amazing in this movie rick moranis <laughs> I, I mean i like the balance too between all of the players it, it doesn't feel weighted towards mm-hmm. any one person i feel like the ensemble gets a lot of time to play but i yeah. will say there is one actor in this movie who i think doesn't get enough love and that's peter mcnichol as dr Yano's poha <laughs> <laughs> the guy who gets uh, in league with Vigo. What I love about this character is he's not a bad guy. Right. He's really not a bad guy. He just gets, you know, he's, yeah. he's yeah, having to do what Vigo says. I was laughing every time he was on screen. Everything that comes out of his mouth is gold. I know. You know, everything you're doing here, that is wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he gets slimed no. at the end and he's, you know, and he's all happy and <laughs> and, and all that. Really, just I think this is a wonderful movie. It's a shame I didn't I didn't realize there was criticisms directed at this movie because I feel like it's such a, a nice part two. Yeah, you know, I couldn't nice imagine. I mean, revisit. What were people saying about it? Do you know specifically? Like um, they just didn't like it. Kind of like much I said the in the winner. intro. Yeah, that it was a rehash. That it's the same kind of thing. I, sort of, I can see that because they have to go into business again. But I, I don't know. You know, it's. It, I think it's fun, and I like everything that's going on in it you know i mean i really have no complaints i do i, I have none none I really either don't. i mean it's entertaining the stories are always good yeah they come up with and, you know and they're like oh we had the stay puffed in the first one we have the statue of liberty here and it's like oh, well okay you know so the beats are the same but it's a different vibe yeah. it's from the first movie i just like it i like spending time with these characters i like what it says too mm-hmm. you know uh how our negative emotions can 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 feed evil, right? You know, can I give, love that part of can, it because it's give, so true. It's so true today, right? It is. Um, you know, and, and I was reading this thing a while back. Somebody wrote an article. Forgive me, I can't remember where I where I read this, but it's something that stuck with me. They were talking about if you're having a bad day and you're talking to somebody like in customer service or something. And listen, I've been guilty of this before. I'm I'm having a bad day, probably because of my own actions you know like i didn't leave early enough to get where i was going so that's created this domino effect and i'm just feeling rotten you know and i have to call a customer service about something and i and i take it out on this poor customer service person who has done nothing to me Mm -hmm. has done absolutely nothing to i don't even know this person you know i don't know who this person is so here and and they were talking about negative energy so i'm taking my bad day out on this person okay which makes me feel better about myself 
in a weird way, exactly. you know, so I'm dumping this negativity on them instead of dealing with it healthily. Mm-hmm. So now they have it. Well, what's to say that this person, you know, doesn't go home and they take this negativity out on their family. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that this doesn't manifest like they're really short with their kid or something like this, mm-hmm. you know, and that neglect from their kid then leads this kid to, you know, like, like do something awful, you know? Yeah, and that's like a, and, and and when people say, "Well, it's not my responsibility." Yeah, it is because we all are in this together, right. you know, in the great chain of being, as they call it. And I think this movie does a great job of 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 showing that. Yeah, you know? I, I will. I will say though, Dan, some customer service people deserve it. <laughs> well, some some suck, but the ones who <laughs> just are just playing. the one who the ones who are. <laughs> You know, being nice and you're just upset because because you they're have to, being too nice and you're yeah, already angry and, right. and you're like, why are they being so nice? It's annoying. Right, right. At least I, I think I do that sometimes. Yeah, I think I think this is a really great movie. I think I think they did as great a job as they could. I'm sorry that it's taken them so long to get to a third movie. I'm very excited I'm about so this excited. third movie. Uh, at the time of this recording, we're about a month out from it, and. I'm really looking forward to the new stuff I'm seeing on screen. I'm looking forward to seeing the old crew mm-hmm. uh, and I'm looking forward to revisiting this world. And I understand that Bill Murray's performance is one of the joys of the film and Dan Aykroyd's arc is, is something to see too. So I'm, I'm really, excited. really excited about it. Really excited. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. So our birthdays are close to each other. Yes. Okay. Can we get uh, Ernie in uh and, and Dan Aykroyd to come to our birthday party. Can we have a joint birthday party and have them come to our big birthday party? Well, I was hoping it was going to be He-Man. But. <laughs> well, no, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> I would love to have the Ghostbusters come to my birthday party. Yeah, like all of them to show. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of funny. The kid, uh, and you heard him in the introduction, the guy says, you know, my dad says you guys are full of crap. Is Jason Reitman who's directing the new movie. So I think that's... I think that's wonderful. This is really something to see back in the day, you know, because it, 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 it feels like it opens up the world of the 84 movie a little more. You know, you're seeing more of that mm-hmm. world and, like I said, spending time with them. But I love I love the idea of the slime, the physical embodiment of good and bad emotions. And I think that's that's really something important, mm-hmm. you know. I think so, too. And like I said, in this post-9-11 world that we find ourselves living in, this movie is a little more, unfortunately, relevant, you know. And, exactly. and like I said, Aykroyd and Raymond's very smart. Very, very smart. And uh, the other thing I like, too, is that uh, it's kind of interesting in the world of sequels in that the the heroes are not heroic when this movie starts. They are not viewed as heroes. They, right. You know, which I thought Everybody's was a, a little sick of them. <laughs> which, which I thought was a really great, great hook yeah, into it. I think so, too. You know? So there's just some wonderful stuff in here, too. The courtroom scene is great. The, yes. You know, them digging. The River of Slime itself is gorgeous looking. Mm-hmm. You know, Vigo, uh, Wilhelm von Homburg, that great look is Vigo. Um, just the relationship with Peter McNichol is, is great. The kid, little baby Oscar is great. But, you know, I, I like the idea that there wasn't a happy ending for these guys after the first movie. Peter mm-hmm. and Dana aren't together. You know, she has a kid with someone else. And kind of real life has happened right you know yeah and then then events transpire and, and get the group put the band back together so amazing just amazing amazing stuff great world great world what a great really fun is. halloween movie too it's a fun it movie it's fun. halloween should be fun i know, you know? and spooky and you know and we hope all of you out there are having a fun Halloween season. Yeah. And I uh, hope that you're being safe and, and having fun. And Don't eat too much candy or you'll probably have a spooky dookie. Yeah. You never yeah. know. You, 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 you never, you never, never, 
never know. How excited are you for Afterlife? I'm really excited. I really, I really am. It's I probably the been, most excited I've been for a, a newer movie yeah, in, a, in a while. It's been a long time since I've been this excited about a movie. I might actually get to the theater <laughs> to go see it if it's only going to the right. theaters. I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, my trepidation with it at first was, oh, it's going to be Stranger Things, the movie. Right. But that has been, those fears have, I think, been put yeah. to bed. I like Paul Rudd. I think I Paul too. Rudd is the right guy for this kind of thing because I, because he can do serious, you know, cause that's the thing about yeah. Bill Murray and Aykroyd, you know, they can do serious too. And, yeah, and then flip it and be funny. And, you know, <laughs> and Paul Rudd isn't over the top funny, right. you know? And so I think he's, he's going to be the right presence for this. Uh, Carrie so. Coon is a wonderful actress, you know, a uh, McKenna Grace, little McKenna Grace looks like she's gonna be wonderful playing little Egon. Mm-hmm. So this should be a whole lot of fun. And, I think so. and uh, just a good movie. I just want to see a good movie. That's it. I want to see a good movie. I want to see the guys. I want them to be integral to the story. And I just want to to see something that I enjoy. Me you know, too. And revisit this world. So I think the intentions are noble with what they're doing. And not to crap all over it, but they, they just got so many things wrong with 2016's oh Ghostbusters. So many things just just didn't just didn't work the way that they were supposed to work. Case in point, before we go, one of the great things, as we said about Ghostbusters, is they're anti-authoritarian movies. You know, this this is coming out of the late 60s, early 70s. You know, and again, I can't say his name enough. John Belushi, this is something that Belushi planted in mm-hmm. Second City. This this is coming from him. And and this then blooms. You know, now they were all feeling that because then, you know, they all come in. But this blooms, you know, right. in large part because of Belushi's influence. And here, here it is, you know. Exactly. He should have been there. <laughs> I know. But, um... So, you know, the whole first movie, they're trying to, you know, go into business. In this movie, they, there's legal obstacles for them getting back in business. That judicial restraint order, that blue thing that <laughs> that uh, Janet Margolin gave to Rick Moranis, you know, in the courtroom. And, uh, and the thing that just killed me in the 2016 version at the end, after they've defeated the ghost or whatever the hell it is that they did, <laughs> they have uh, Cecily Strong from uh, Saturday Night Live is playing the assistant to the mayor, played by Andy Garcia. I'll never forget that she comes in and she goes, the government is going to fund your work for five years. And I'm like, oh, that is so not the spirit what, of yeah, Ghostbusters. Exactly. The government was the bad guy in the 84 movie. You know, like right. the EPA was the <laughs> bad guy. You know, the court system is the bad guy in this one. You know, right. You know, the bureaucrat in the mayor's office is the bad guy in the second one. Played by the great Kurt Fuller. I love Kurt Fuller. Um, Real quick, you know what I like in the end credits? He gets a little bit of redemption because he had them uh, admitted to the psych ward. But you see him at the end out with the crowd. He was singing Old Lang Syne with Mm -hmm. the crowd. And so there's a little bit of redemption for him. And I thought that was really, really nice and subtle and sublime. and, And, you know, it's great because positive emotions can affect you know, exactly. affect people positively. I think it's great. But um, but yeah, when when she came and said that the government was going to be, you know, funding their research, I was like, that is so against is the wrong. spirit of <laughs> Ghostbusters, you know. So here we are. Oh, I can't believe we went, we went and saw that movie. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, me too. Here we are waiting for Afterlife, and hopefully that spirit is is still there. So I think so. Final question. I asked it when we did... The 1984 film. I'm going to ask it again. We'll close on this before we take a break for the news. We've said his name tonight. He comes up somewhat often. 
Could you have seen John Belushi as Peter Vinkman in Ghostbusters? Absolutely. <laughs> it, I mean, I love Bill Murray there, but, you know, I think Belushi just would have. Oh, it would have been he's something. Just, yeah. He's such a character. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, to see Belushi with Sigourney Weaver. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That, for me, <laughs> when I watched, rewatched the 84 movie and I was going, man, if Belushi had been flirting with her, this would have been absolutely hysterical. Eyebrows and all. Eyebrows and all, yeah. He was a special, he was a special guy. Yeah, he was. A special guy. His friend, pretty special, too, mm-hmm. that wrote this. John's in this, though. Slimer. Slimer makes an appearance. Because yeah. Slimer is the spirit of John Belushi. Sure so, is. <laughs> and uh, uh, the Scolari brothers that pop up in the courtroom are based on Jake and Elwood Blues. So they're they're there. He's there. I mean, he's still around. He's still he's he's still around. Rock and roll never dies. No. <laughs> <laughs> so really interesting movie. Uh, I love the I love the the emotional stuff in here. The, the I do too. The emotional vibe stuff. I so. do too. It's it's really it's really well done. So, final question, and this is a big life question. Yeah, I don't, we don't have the answer here, but something to speculate about, something to think about. Yeah, as you as you go through your week after listening to the show, uh, do you think we can overcome the uh, powers of darkness and negativity with positive thinking? Do you think? Do you think it's? You think it's doable? I would like to believe so. I would too. Um, there's a part of me that's very cynical because you see things, you see people that need to be prosecuted and brought to justice, and it doesn't happen because. These uh, vampires own the court systems, you know, and and the legal system and they're bought and paid for, you know, and Mm -hmm. but there's a part of me that thinks uh, positivity. If we can just if we can if we can be positive and be the best versions of ourselves and spread positive energy to ourselves, you know, keep our energy level up and spread it to people that we that we know and people that we love. I think we can overcome it. I think think we can overcome all of the Vigo, the Carpathians in the world who would would have us, you know fighting each other yeah you know i'd love to hope so you know like i would i hope that happens i do too and one final thought this is very interesting i want to to throw this out before we go to the break in the first movie it deals with the uh gozerians uh led by evo shandor and uh shandor mine i believe is going to be a location in ghostbusters afterlife because i think gozer and zool are making an appearance Mm -hmm. it's been a while so it'd be good to see them again but uh it dealt with secret societies and Gozer worship, like devil worship, right? And here we have a villain who wants a child, mm-hmm. wants to do something with a child. Let that sink in. Think about that. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that. So yep. that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, <laughs> Great movie. High, high recommendation. We're going to take a short pause. This is a news break. So stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Hey, 
Are you a fan of Annie Potts? Who isn't? Are you a pansexual? Everybody is these days. Come on down to the Eudora Dooley Conference Room in the Cozy Corner Library this Thursday for the first inaugural meeting of Pots and Pans, the only Annie Potts fan group by pansexuals for pansexuals. From Janine Melnitz to Mary Jo to Bo Peep to Meemaw, Annie Potts has been electrifying audiences since 1978's Corvette Summer. Come for coffee, desserts, and fellowship, but stay for a special screening of 1989's Who's Harry Crumb, starring John Candy and Annie Potts. Get there early as seating is limited, and we will be raffling off an autographed Pretty in Pink theatrical release poster signed by Marge McFarland, Cozy Corner's own winner of the 2014 Annie Potts Lookalike Contest. Pots and Pans this Thursday in Eudora Dooley Conference Room. Oh, yeah. Music news, Smash Mouth frontman Steve Harwell recently announced his retirement from the band, leading perplexed music fans to ask, Smash Mouth is still a thing? In celebrity news, Kourtney Kardashian and Blink-182 drummer Travis Barker have announced their engagement, leading perplexed people across the world to ask, they're a thing? In local news, toilet paper sales are up. No, it's not a pandemic. It's spooky season. If you wake up the morning after Halloween and find that your house has been teepeed, odds are you probably did something to deserve it. Finally, the Cozy Corner Police Department has released its annual Halloween list of places to avoid. This year's list includes Haddonfield, Illinois. That's where they had those babysitter murders a while back. Springwood, Ohio, specifically the Elm Street area. I think they had some issues there back around 84. And Camp Crystal Lake. We all know what happened there. Also making the list this year, the bathroom after Dan eats Tex-Mex. This isn't funny. Who wrote this? And that's the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. No, seriously, somebody's getting TP'd for this. back to the final segment of the late night fright with dan and faith the world's only radio program brought up on charges of indecent exposure welcome back to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio i am dan and i am faith faith had a little trouble with the word perplexed earlier i have trouble with every word (laughs) Yeah, perplexed. That's yeah, you got that double P thing going. Perplexed. There. there you go. We'll perplexed. give you. We'll give you a pass. I'll though. read a little fast sometimes and get ahead of it myself happens. with words. You it know? happens. It happens. Yeah. All right. So we're going to finish up our discussion on Ghostbusters two. This is a movie I think we both really, 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 really enjoyed. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I can't find anything wrong with this movie. I love spending time with these I characters. I love the story. I love the villain. I love that it is a little different from the first movie in what it's doing. I, I love the character relationships and, and just this world opening up. And I love Ray Stans having an occult bookstore. 
Me too. So, I mean, what, <laughs> what isn't to love? So, we're going to be awarding this film proton packs in lieu of stars. Faith, how many proton packs did you give Ghostbusters to? I had to give it four. I love it that much. You know? I gave it four proton packs. It's just so entertaining to be with these guys. And like I said, the story of these movies is uh, it's just always so good. It's It feels like a real life situation right now. It's entertaining. You know? It's entertaining. And I want to give uh, a special... Uh, uh, my only knock on the movie, and I'm not taking anything away from it, uh, I prefer the Elmer Bernstein score from the 84 movie to the Randy Edelman score here, but the Edelman score works for this movie. So right. so it's... It, so you're not completely... Half a dozen of one, six of the other. I, I do prefer <laughs> the Elmer Bernstein score right. for, for the 84 movie. Um, I love the Bobby Brown On Our Own song. That was a big hit from this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just a whole lot of fun. It is. Lots of good stuff. Lots and lots and lots of good stuff. So I think we have some good stuff coming up for the month of November. I think so. We have picked what we think are some pretty classic movies uh, from different genres, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Faith has the list in front of her. We have four movies picked for November. And what are the films that we have picked out? We have Night of the Living Dead. That's a classic. Son of Frankenstein. Uh, another classic. The Innocents. Uh, little little known film. We actually haven't seen this, but oh. um, learned about it recently and great reviews across the board starring Deborah Carr, the great Deborah Carr, who is in From Here to Eternity. So ghost movie written by, uh, well, it's based on Henry James' Turn of the Screw, and it was adapted by Truman Capote for the screen. So... Really excited uh, Me too. to get into this movie. And the final movie is... The Thing from Another World. The 1950s sci-fi classic. So it, nice. We got a ghost story. We got sci-fi. We've got uh, zombies. And we've got Boris Karloff playing Frankenstein. And he's bringing Bella Lugosi along for the ride with him. So I, this is a great, solid month of movies. What did we say we were calling this? Creepy... Classics or creepy classics works for me. Creepy classic <laughs> month on the late night fright. Now, before the show, we went ahead and we picked what our first movie is going to be, and it's going to be 1968's George A. Romero zombie classic, Night of the Living Dead. This movie is in the public domain. You should have no trouble tracking this down. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, there's hosted versions all over. You can watch it on OSI 74. You can watch it on Shutter. It's it's all over the place. And really, you should have seen this movie already. So it's been a while since I've seen it. So it's going to be fun to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, kind of landmark. Uh, independent film, you know, kind of did the independent horror film before John Carpenter did it in uh, 1978 with Halloween. So very uh, successful independent horror film. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great I think fun. So. It's gonna be great. I can't fun. wait. Black and white. Are all of the all of the movies are black and white this month too? Well, okay. I love a good black and white movie. Well, we've got four of them this month. That was <laughs> that was a happy accident. I just thought about that as uh, as we were talking about it. As always, we want to thank all of you for your support wherever you are in the world. It's so flattering to us that we have uh, all these listeners from all over the world. I'm looking around the studio, the mood lighting that we have going on. I'm looking at Faith nodding her head. And we want to thank all of you for your continued support. And we want to wish you a very happy spooky season. I know this is the time of year that that people like us just absolutely love. We wish it could last forever. We do. We wish it could (laughs) last forever. Although recently it seems like spooky season 
has been going yeah, it's on. That's true. That's true. Turn off the news, people. <laughs> uh, we hope that you're happy, you're healthy, you're safe, sane, you're taking your vitamins, and we wish you and your family, especially if you have little ones, a very happy Halloween because this it's, it's for the little ones, right? Right. Right. Sort of and for one. the older ones. And for the young <laughs> at heart. Yes. Young at heart. That's right. You can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. And uh, we just want to tell you to be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbor. As the late, great Don Cornelius, the host of Soul Train said, and as the late, great Norm MacDonald said, it's one thing to make people laugh. It's another to make them smile. We hope we've made you smile tonight. This is a free show with free content. The only thing that we ask is that you pay that smile forward. Positive energy. Combat the negativity out there. And if we've learned anything from horror movies, take what young Nancy Thompson, played by Heather Langenkamp, did to Robert England's Freddy Krueger in 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. When you encounter the negativity, the evil in the world, you know what you do? Turn your back on it. Don't give that crap any power. Because the more you feed it, the more powerful it becomes and the more powerful it becomes, the more it wants to divide us along all those lines mm-hmm. and sow seeds of discord and hate. We don't want that. We are, we, we believe in, in the power of humanity and standing together hand in hand, standing up proudly, standing up united because there's more of us than there are of them. And they are scared of us. They don't want us united. And guess what? It's happening. It's happening more and more. So it's very true. So there you go. Well, while that is happening out there, Creepy Classic Month is, is coming down the <laughs> pipe. So I think we have four pretty good movies. I'm, I think so. I'm really looking forward to it. As always, thank you for tuning in. It's a it's a privilege and a pleasure. Talking about movies is wonderful. It's wonderful to have this conversation with a friend. We're lucky to do this every week. We love bringing you our conversation. We hope that you've given that we've given you a smile or something new to look at. We hope that you get together with your friends, watch these movies, talk about these movies, find something. If there's something that we talked about that you think we missed, hit us up at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. And uh We wish all of you out there only the best. We are pulling for you. We love you. Have a very happy Halloween. And that feels feels like it's time, doesn't it? It does. It does feel like it's time. So, well, we have to go because we have to go watch Night of the Living Dead. Yes, we do. But if we snap our fingers, can we make the magic happen on three, Faith? One, two, three. Well, there it is. Time to say goodbye. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife at the time of this recording is right around the corner. We are going to do a show on that as soon as we're able to take it in and process it. So that she, might be what she said. I'm not sure. It might be. <laughs> it might be. So rest in peace, Harold Ramis. Rest yes. in peace, John Belushi. And happy Sir, Halloween. And happy Halloween to all of you. Faith, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.